Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. I'm Stacey Velward, your host. Today, we are re-airing an episode where Lynn Jackson, co-founder of Connected Families, was a guest on Heather McFadgen's well-known Don't Mom Alone podcast. This episode was hugely popular. Heather interviewed Lynn on the topic of grace and truth for moms. Lynn shared her own story of changing toxic thinking to grace-filled truth and how that transformed her parenting. Listen in to their great conversation. Hey, Lynn, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I look forward to this for like weeks ahead, kind of like a kid going to Disneyland. (laughs) I love talking with you, Heather. (laughs) You're so sweet. Well, y'all have been so gracious to share your wisdom on the show, you and Jim, with all the parenting advice. And then you came on to talk about sensory processing and occupational therapy. And today we're going to help some some moms out. What do you think? I love it. Yeah. So you have in your own story, working through anger and giving yourself grace and using truth to do that. So where do you want to begin with this mom? Like you can identify with her because you've walked through this. Totally. And even though I'm rapidly approaching 68, those memories are so vivid. I read through my old journal from the young days and it was like, oh my gosh, totally remember those. And I had been kind of that super organized perfectionist person that sometimes intimidated people with my organization. And then I hit having three kids and it just like all blew up. And I remember my sister-in-law saying, you guys are the most stressed family I know. And I said, I'm the most stressed mom I know. (laughs) And I just was stuck in really hurtful thinking patterns about all this as I shifted from shiny perfectionist, all my T's crossed and I's dotted, to just feeling out of control with my kids. And I was stuck in kind of those three pitfalls that often cause moms to start believing unhelpful things about themselves. And I was extreme thinking, which is where you see situations as black and white or all or nothing. In my journal recently, I just read, why am I always so negative? Mm. About extreme (laughs) thinking. (laughs) And then perfectionism, performance determines our value. And I I remember in those early days having an image of that God was up in the sky with a clipboard, writing down all my screw ups, looking down going, I gave her the fruits of the spirit. I don't see any of them right now. She's yelling again, you know. And then there was the catastrophizing, the predicting disaster. Again, as I read through my journal recently, it was, I'm afraid the kids will have bad, hurtful memories of me. You know, it's just like the worst that could happen for certain will happen. Those are kind of three pitfalls that I've realized since then make us very vulnerable emotionally, but I was stuck in all of them. And instead of asking, what's going on in me? I was just like, what do I do? How do I stop this craziness? And that just really wasn't getting me anywhere because I'd had three crazy little kids. So you're in that place. And I know a lot of moms are too, that just negative thinking and what's the word you said? Catastrophizing, predicting disaster is (laughs) easier. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. And perfectionism. Jesus only loves me if I get it right. And yeah, that's very real for a majority of us. And so how did you get past it? Because it does feel like it's self-fulfilling, like you can never kind of get out of it. I'm going to throw more effort into it and I'm going to work harder. And then you fail and then you get mad at yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The harder you try to just change the circumstance,
circumstances and they don't change because we can't control our kids, then the more discouraged you get and the more you parent out of that discouragement and it can just be quite a spiral. Yeah. So the Lord was speaking to me one day about some of these beliefs that I had. And in Ephesians 4.15, it talks about speaking the truth in love. And I felt like I heard his voice say, you are not speaking the truth in love to yourself about you and your kids. Mm. And then it was a journey to figure out what was really true because I couldn't just believe, oh, we get along great. We have such a happy family. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I'm not buying that for a minute. <laughs> You're like, I see every moment. So yeah, yeah like it's, it's like when someone else tells you, you're such a great mom. And in your head, you see all of your mom failures. And so you can't accept that because you know, the whole of the reality. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. almost like I rebuke that in the name of reality, you know? Yeah. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Right. So how did you speak truth to yourself in love, holding tension with this reality that didn't line up? Well, I'll sort of unpack my story as I go along as it, okay. as it applies to different things. Yeah. But it was just about recognizing I am speaking lies to myself that are probably from the mouth of Satan, exaggerated by my own shame that I've built in over the years, and I need to go after those. And then there was a realization that, for one thing, this is really vital work, because in Matthew 12, 34, it says the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. So if I've filled my heart with toxic lies about myself and my kids, then that's just going to overflow to all of us, and it's going to be toxic in my parenting. And no matter what great little tip or technique I grab from the internet about my parenting, if I'm speaking lies to myself, it's still going to be have a toxic impact. So it's really vital work. It's our first work in parenting. So I kind of dove into it with a vengeance once I realized that. And I realized that a lot of times as parents, we look at our actions in parenting and we then we just think, okay, next time I need to do such and such differently. Mm. But then the next time we do the same thing, don't we? Because we haven't looked below the surface. We have to backtrack. And if you backtrack kind of one step, you look at our feelings and our thoughts are where our actions spring from. So for example, if a child intentionally knocks over their milk and looks at me and grins, I might be going, that's the last time you will ever get milk in your life, you know? Right, 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 right. Whereas if Jim's mom had been there, she would have laughed and thought, well... I remember when his dad did that and it didn't get him very far and he learned, you know, and it's a totally different response because there's different beliefs under the surface. Mm. She's believing this too shall pass and I can deal with this. And I was believing what is wrong with my parenting that this child does this. So irresponsible. Exactly. (laughs) Doesn't even care how much the milk costs. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we back up from our actions to our feelings and our thoughts, but it's really our beliefs under the surface that drive those feelings feelings and thoughts. So Jim's mom would have had, you know, kind of a humorous feeling and a, oh, this too shall pass thought because the belief that this is not such a big deal. And I have a belief that this defines me as a parent. So then I get angry and controlling and all of that. So realizing that process helped me to start unpacking these things by looking at my actions and my feelings and thoughts, and then examining what I was believing under the surface of that. And so that was kind of the process. And in that, what I realized is Satan rarely can get by just a blatant 
full on 100% lie and get us to swallow it. Even in the depths of my despair did I believe I'm the most abusive parent on the face of the planet, you know? Right, 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 right. <laughs> but you believe things that are kind of true. It's almost like an M&M with a rotten center. Mm. We, uh, you know, peanut M&M where the peanuts gotten rotten. It's like the surface kind of looks good. But inside, there's a lie about usually our identity and our future. So a classic lie that I believed was, I'm an angry mom raising an angry child. And when he gets to be a teenager, now this is my oldest strong-willed son, when he gets to be a teenager, it's going to be horrible. Mm. So you can see the truth was, you know what, Daniel and I are angry at each other a lot. But the lie was, that's my identity. That's his identity and it's our future. Mm. And God has given us an identity and he's given us a future. And so Satan wants to go after those things. So he sugarcoats them with a little bit of truth and then we swallow them and that toxic lie starts to do its work inside of us. Are you ready to parent more peacefully? Do you find yourself feeling angry a lot? Well, we have a new five session online course that will encourage you even in tough times. The course is called Grace and Truth for Moms, and it is a core teaching that comes out of the foundation for our parenting. Grace and truth are essential for us to be safe parents. The course is presented by Lynn Jackson, co-founder of Connected Families, and covers these topics. What is real truth? The real truth about me, the real truth about my kids, holding on to truth, even in hard times and fighting the accuser, and actually lots more. (laughs) Grace and Truth for Moms was made for small groups, whether that's you and a friend or a larger group that you are leading. When you register for the group, you have immediate access to all the online videos. This course takes little to no preparation on your part. No extra materials are needed. Your group members will be given forever access to the online material at no extra cost. Just press play and feel God's grace. Lori, mom of three, said this after she went through the course. God spoke to my heart, showing me how I have subconsciously been believing lies about myself and my parenting. I realized that I've had a goal of becoming some sort of perfect parent. I needed to let go of that goal and just rest in the truth that I'm doing my best and I will never be perfect, but Jesus is perfect. I hope you registered today. All the information about the Grace and Truth for Moms online course is in our show notes or go to connectedfamilies.org. Thinking through what identity am I taking on? What future am I projecting for my Mm -hmm. kids is really helpful. Because as you were saying, I need to dig into my beliefs. I thought, when does a mom do that work? I'm guessing it's not in the moment of the spilled milk. (laughs) When did you find it most helpful to kind of pull back those layers and kind of assess the belief? I had a habit of journaling at the end of the day. And that's actually, research shows that's an effective time to do it because the memories of the day are so fresh. But I Mm. would encourage moms when they do that to really take it through. Just like in Psalms, we go through those feelings, we express them, and then we take it to a conclusion. 
all within the perspective of God's love and grace. And to go through those feelings and journal them out and think through, okay, what's the true thing that I can hang on to? And we'll talk about that more later. But that was kind of my process. Every mom is different, could be driving in the car if the kids have got headphones on or something, you know, grabbing those little moments in the shower to just pray through, what was that reaction about? That was a big one. So what was I feeling and thinking? And then what was the belief under the surface that drove all that. So that's kind of the, the process. I love that journaling idea as an alternative to the often beating ourselves up at the end of the day when our head hits the pillow, you know, replaying yeah. the day and not getting to that truth and not getting to that grace and love, but just the guilt and the shame and the, mm-hmm. you know, it's just bound to be a cyclical event. <laughs> There'll be another day and then you beat yourself up again. The journaling I feel like has the potential to, to heal and to move forward rather than to just keep cycling through the same story day after day, like Groundhog's Day. Okay, so walk us through the next thing, what you're going to say. Okay, so as we look at what's the real truth about me, like I said, we kind of can start from that thinking, feeling place and then unpack underneath that. And in the online course that we've just released, we talk about anger, anxiety, shame, isolation, and despair. Talk about a mothering cocktail. (laughs) In the course, I read through a journal entry where I hit every single one of those and more. Mm -hmm. journaling about one incident with my son. But anger is just the most, probably the most common emotion about mothering. And so since we just have a limited time, we're going to take a deep dive into that to just help you see the process. But anger is about a blocked goal. And there's often a lie underneath the anger that's related to the kind of goal we've got. If I have a goal to control my kids, I've just given them control of my emotions because all they have to do is misbehave and boom, I get angry. So the lie is, it is my job to get immediate obedience from my kids. Mm. And oftentimes that defines me as a mom. And so in order for me to be happy, my child has to obey me in all circumstances with full respect and joyfulness and be a responsible, creative child. And if that doesn't happen, then I've just given them the right to make me angry. So that was kind of my story with I'm an angry mom raising an angry child is our kids rarely lined up to all three of them be in that well-behaved place at one time. (laughs) Yeah. And I think with moms that are new to parenting, you have so many different ideals set before Mm -hmm. you. And whether it's a podcast episode, an Instagram post, a a book you've read, whatever it is, or a friend and how their kids act. And you're holding all of those ideals at the same time. And when your kids fall short of them, which they will, Mm -hmm. there's anger. I know for me, that, that was a really big deal is just wanting my kids to be X, Y, and Z. And as my kids got older, them communicating to me, mom, we're not that family. Let it go. I'm like, that's not who I am. I'm not that kid, you know, and Mm -hmm. they can't be all the things. I can't be all the things. And yet in the, the wanting it, the failed getting it, Mm -hmm. the anger comes to the surface. So I totally relate to what you're saying. Right. And if we have that goal that we're the perfect family, boy, it's really hard to avoid (laughs) being just a chronically angry mom. And I've tried to swap out to have fresh stories in this podcast, but one of the moms that I talk about on the course, she actually listened to a podcast I sent her on perfectionism. And she said she just realized listening to that, that she had essentially been having an affair with perfectionism, Mm. that that had been her 
her idol, her God that was coming between her and the Lord. And she said, I got up from that prayer time after I realized that and I was different and there was just a different tone in the house. So that perfectionism of my goal is to have perfect kids and be a perfect mom is just a setup for anger and despair and and it's actually idolatry. So the real truth in this that helps us to let go of that chronic anger that just like never leaves us, it's my job to parent wisely. My kid's job is to learn over time to respond wisely. And you just see that that's a process. And it's really is, it's a process. And I remember years ago reading a book, the illustration that stuck in my mind was about a carpenter who loved to make little figurines. And once he was done, he sort of just put them away. And somebody said, why don't you display that? And he goes, the joy is in the making of it. That gave me an image in my mind of God has no desire to give us a helicopter ride to the top of perfectly peaceful parenting mountain where we are wise and calm all the time with wise and calm children all the time. (laughs) He wants to hold our hand through the muck and the yuck and the mountains and the streams and all the mess in the meantime, because that's where we learn how much he loves us unconditionally and where we learn to trust him. So he's not so concerned about the end product as he is about us holding his hand on the journey. Mm. And so that's why we don't get a magic wand to instantly change our children and us and just become totally different. It's because God wants it to be a process in partnership with him. And so it's my job to parent wisely, then it's much, it's an achievable goal. I can come to the Holy Spirit, lock myself in the bathroom, pray whatever I need to till I come out and I'm coming out with peace and I'm looking for, Lord, what's the opportunity here to just bring your grace and truth into this moment, to disciple my kids, to grow wisdom, their love no matter what? What's the opportunity here? And that one question really changed my parenting because I went from frequently thinking, oh, he's at it again, to hmm, Lord, what's the opportunity here? Yeah. So, and it's really a shift from focusing on Ephesians 6 1 to Ephesians 6 4. Don't we all love children obey your parents? <laughs> But that's not our verse. (laughs) That's not our verse, yeah. No, it's don't exasperate your kids, but bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. So I do have a fun, I know I'm kind of going on and on. That's my style. No, No, go ahead. I've got just a great story from a mom who emailed me recently about the changes in her life with this perspective. And she said, I think my biggest shift came from a deeper understanding that it's God's problem, not mine. That I am me and my daughter is herself, kind of just... Just like you were saying, Heather, and that he put us together. I am a contained mama with a wild and free girl. We butt heads sometimes, but love each other more than all our matching dresses. I love that line. My role isn't to fix, perfect, or even tally results, but to create an atmosphere of love, safety, connection, and support. Any effort I make to that end is a deposit in the bank of her understanding that no matter what, I am for her and God has both of us. So that's just one mom's journey in this of letting go of that perfectionism. We all have to look perfect and we all have to agree. And just it's God's sovereignty and grace that that holds us both. Yeah, we just need to sit in that for a second, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We get caught up in these moments, you know, we can maybe someone's listening and they're on a walk and they're very far from their kids or they're making dinner or something, or maybe you're back in work and you're, you're driving to and from work and the stress isn't happening right now. Right. But in those moments, how did you get to that place where this process began to change your moments of anger? 
I am going to get to that because okay. that's really about how do I hang on to these beliefs in the heat yeah. of the moment. Yeah. But another real factor in all of this was what I was believing about my kids. Mm. It wasn't just about me as a parent, but it was about what's the real truth about my kids. Yeah. So often we can really hang on to just labels about our kids that are so hurtful. And we'll hear them sometimes from other people. He's just a bully. Oh, she's a whiner. He's not going anywhere. He can't even close the drawers. Yeah. That add fuel, spark our anxiety, which often goes along with our anger. So it's really important to sort through what are my judgments about my kids as well? Because if we pay attention to what we think about our kids or what we say to other people, those are our core beliefs. And those often subtly translate in the little ways we we relate to our kids, nonverbal cues, just judgmental things we might say, but they often can become our kids' inner voice, their identity. So this is really important work to unpack what I'm believing about my kids as well. Psalm 139, 14 is just, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And, you know, to recognize God made our kids. And there was one parent who was like, all he could believe in the moment about this difficult daughter was, God made you. <laughs> <laughs> he was intense, man. But she just graduated as the valedictorian of her class, huge spokesman for Jesus, Bible study leader, strong-willed kid that didn't let anybody push her around, you know? Mm, so, yeah. so just seeing that intensity in our kids that sometimes causes so much trouble as just the potential of a great gifting. So I know, Heather, you've got one that may be president of the United States one day, don't you? Well, <laughs> They all got the potential there, Lynn. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Raising leaders is not easy. For sure, I was thinking just now of the work I had to do and undoing things that teachers have said over the years and and Mm -hmm. predictions they would make. You know, we were talking about the enemy wants to give us a different identity and predict the future. And I would have teachers predict the future for my kids. Well, you know, if he's like this now, I don't think he's going to make it through third grade. Oh, my gosh. Which he totally did with flying colors. Uh (laughs) Right. He's made it through middle school. We have to not only deal with our beliefs, like you said, and it's also maybe putting on a pedestal sometimes other people's critiques. And these might be doctors or teachers or people Mm -hmm. that we look to for getting it right as a mom. Like, okay, and I want to work alongside teachers and I do want to work alongside health professionals, all the people like to help my child be the best version God made him or her to be. But putting their opinion higher than God's about my child mm-hmm. yep. is not as never helpful. So sometimes teachers have been correct mm-hmm. about things with my kids that I've been in denial of. And But I have to take what they say and hold it up to God and say, God, is this true? And what am I denying? How can I help shape that? What is your right. spirit doing? Exactly. I can't hold it as absolute truth unless I've talked to God about it. Yeah. One of my favorite posts is it's about helping kids sort through what others say about them, but I think it applies to everything. Mm. Sorting out trash from truth and then hanging on to treasure. So it's mm. like we get rid of the trash that truly is a lie, that a toxic lie, but we face the hard truth that might be partly embedded in that. And we can look at all both of those things and make wise choices because we're hanging on to the treasure of what God says about us. Sounds like you did that 
process. Sometimes better than others. Which, <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Thomas Edison, who he was kicked out of school in days when they didn't do that to kids yeah. and labeled addled, which was, I think, like mentally off. And his mother said, I am homeschooling him and he is going to be something someday. And he credits his mom with seeing that potential in him because he was a wild and crazy kiddo. So you had asked about how do I hang on to the truth, right? In yeah. the moment. In the moment. Yeah. In the moment. There's lots of practical things that we can do that. And one thing is to, to really define by faith what the truth is that we're going to replace the lie. And so my truth that I substituted for, I'm an angry mom raising an angry child. And when he gets to be a teenager, it's going to be horrible. My truth that I could fully believe and embrace and I knew would fill me with hope, not despair, was I'm an intense mom raising an intense child. And we butt heads, but we love each other. So that, you know, you can't just hang on to pie in the sky. You have to seek God for what your truth is that you can hang on to. And then you better just like write it down, share it with somebody, tell your best, your your BFF or your mom or somebody what you're trying to hang on to so they can remind you of that or write it down. And this is really about the faith to take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. And Jim used to throw that verse at me sometimes. And it's like, <laughs> I hated it. It's like, oh, stop it. I was not supposed to even act mad. And now I can't even think mad, you know? Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. Like, I went through kind of a big inner healing and I realized it's about taking captive this thing that wants to take captive takes me captive and send it packing and then walking into the freedom of Christ. So it's about exchanging captivity for freedom. I've got a great story about a mom who was just so practical how she did this. You know, she was really struggling with her kids and she just said to her husband, you need to take it. I got to take a walk. She said, I walked and prayed and talked over the truths I was struggling to believe. This child is not out to get me. He's struggling to organize his thoughts and feelings. He's struggling. Lord, I need the fruits of the spirit from you because I can't produce them on my own. He is your child. You made me his mama and my calm love and patience will help us through this and learn and grow. And after five minutes of fresh air and a brisk walk up our hill and back down, I came back in and everyone was doing something awesome. I was able to talk to each of the calmed kiddo about the truth of the situation that I am broken. We all are and we all need Jesus and he can help us when we go to him. So that was just a practical example of a mom wrestling with that in the heat of the moment. Now, fortunately, it was COVID, so she had a hubby home. <laughs> right, right, right. There but is that. that's the process. You can do that in your bathroom. You look at your child and go, I need to calm down on my own so I can be really nice to you when I get out of the bathroom. Right. <laughs> so it's that kind of a thing. Well, and with moms who may be managing several different grades at home and distance learning, it's the same kind of walking away from the stress of everyone needing mm-hmm. you to log on if in a moment where you can step away and just going to your room and, and processing that out. These are hard things that we're walking through and to give yourself that grace and to tell your kids, yeah, mom's having a hard time with this. I need your grace and I need God in this moment because it's a lot for me too. Oh, for sure. I think it's one of the most powerful forms of discipleship. Because when do you want your kids most to be able to sense God's love and presence and guidance for them? It's when they're in a jam, right? Right. You know, you launch them at 18. And if you have modeled this time and time again, 
they're much more likely to be able to do that themselves and to recognize, I don't have to be perfect. I can take all this yuck and give it to the Lord and he can come and help me. So what I love about what that mom did is she came back in and she just didn't go, okay, open your books to the math page. Right. You know, it was like, kids, this is what God told me mm-hmm. on my time away and my five minute walk. And, you know, just what amazing modeling that is. Yeah, that's good. There's another practical thing that I think really helps mom. And that is to view your thoughts and feelings as external to you, because that usually calms your brain. So it's the difference between, I am so angry right now. I don't know how many times I thought that as a mom, (laughs) a young mom, I'm so angry, or I'm so frustrated, or I'm so worried about, and you know, it's like, instead, a grace and truth belief is, I am a child of God with some big angry feelings right now. Yeah. So it's it's hanging on to my core identity. The feelings are not defining me. They're out there. And that has been shown to automatically start to calm the brain because I'm not at the mercy of these feelings. I'm holding them out here to look at, sort through carefully, and then deal with them. So that's just been a really helpful thing for lots of parents. And then writing those truths down. I can't say enough of that. There's a mom, and I can include her journal in the show notes for you, her journal page. She's given me the right to share it. But she has a journal page with the lies and truth that the lies she's often prone to believe about each of her kids and then God's truth. And she reviews it almost every morning when she wakes up just to Mm. keep those fresh for her. Any other tips for us before we have to unfortunately end the show? Yeah, I think a couple of things. One is just that role of fellowship. Yeah. Where find that person who you can share with, you know, go into your closet (laughs) and (laughs) close the door and call a friend. And, you know, a lot of times we don't have people that aren't going to just sort of jump in and try to fix us. So give them your job description. Hey, here's the truths I'm trying to hang on to. I need you to listen and just be there for me and then encourage me in the truth about us. That's all I need you to do. But find somebody like that, especially in COVID days when we can't gather in large groups. Who are a few people that you can call? Enough that you know you can get through to somebody so yeah. that you've got that support because we are not ever called to go through these hard times alone. Yeah. You know, there should be a ministry called Don't Mom Alone or something <laughs> like that. I think that's, what do you think, Heather? I know. I should try to go get that website. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. We had a sermon on Sunday. We're working through the book of James and Mm. there were four different truths that he encouraged us to write down and and even invite others to keep us accountable that when we're, our minds are getting off track or onto other things or worries Mm -hmm. and that we as the accountability people can say, remember, here are the truths you sent me in a text that you want me to remind you of. And it's not like a sermon. It's literally like you asked me to show these to you when you were having our time. So I thought, I think it, it totally goes in line with what you're saying. Like, here are these truths mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wanting to believe about my kids. When I'm going off track about my kids, will you remind me? And I definitely think if we've invited that, that it is so much better than times when we're with friends and they just offer advice <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't asked right. for. And you're like, oh, oh ouch. But that this is just healthy accountability. I have one last tidbit, and that is to really label the ultimate source of these lies. I mean, they can come from our family of origin, toxic thinking kinds of things, but really the source of the father of lies is Satan, our accuser. 
pleaser. And so to recognize there were so many times when I was in such a foul mood that it was like the love of God felt like something fluffy about a thousand miles away that I didn't relate to, Mm -hmm. but I could turn to Satan and go, I am not giving you the satisfaction of raking me over the coals again with your lies. Yeah. And that then allowed me to turn 180 degrees and go, Jesus, by faith, I receive the love that you have for me right here and now. And that was really essential for me. My kind of my final challenge to the moms here is be determined not to let Satan hurt you and your children with lies. Be determined not to let Satan hurt you and your children with lies, but to hang on to God's truth, model that in the craziness, let your kids into your process, and you have discipled them well in the stresses of COVID life. Well, any last stories or encouragement for us? I do have kind of a mic drop story if we have time. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Just from an amazing lady of faith. So she prepared ahead of time, thought through, you know, what it meant to be a daughter or son of the king ahead of time. So that was her background work. And she said, I have a quote, you are a daughter or son of the king, end quote, speech (laughs) that I have pulled from many sources and rely on when I am at my wit's end with a child. Our family was preparing to host a large party. So, you know, it wasn't 2020. And my youngest, (laughs) who's got lots of sensory issues, refused to do anything. Before I lost all control, I marched to her bed and tucked her in with an audio book and marched out frustrated and defeated. A few minutes later, I felt calm and was convicted. So I went up to check on her. She was calm, but deep into self-loathing. I listened to her pour out her frustrations with herself and then had the inspiration to employ the daughter of the king's speech. You are a daughter of the king of the universe. You are deeply loved and precious beyond measure. That is the truest thing about you, no matter what you do or don't do. But you have an enemy who is crafty and determined, and he does not want you to believe any of this because he knows you were created with specific and wonderful purposes. He wants you to believe you are nothing but the sum of your failures because then you will give up and not press into your purpose and so on. I could see this landing, could see her little heart fill up and her eyes expressed hope. I left the work to continue my work and was pretty pleased with how that all went when suddenly it slammed into me. I am a daughter of the king of the universe. I am deeply loved and precious beyond measure. I too have an enemy that wants me to believe I am only a heap of failures rather than a fierce and determined mother who sometimes is a hot mess, but simply will not quit when it comes to the pursuit of my children's hearts. Is that awesome or what? I think that's something moms need to hear over and over for sure. With all the unknowns and the enemies having a heyday for Mm -hmm. sure. And I was just telling a friend that yesterday that without the gathering, without the community, without the normal places that we hear little bits of truth, we're just evil is just kind of growing if we let it. So I think the mom who's choosing to listen to this today, who's choosing truth over lies is going to be equipped to battle. I mean, that's why we've made these online courses. This foundation piece is kind of the first of, that's one part of the Discipline That Connects course that I know that you're telling folks about. It's kind of the bulk of the Grace and Truth for Moms course that's, you know, you can just, it's for small groups, but you can just grab a friend and do it together. So we've really got two things available 
right now that are going to help parents address this issue of hanging on to the truth about themselves and their kids. So good. We appreciate your ministry at Connected Families and all that y'all are doing because it's changing a generation of parents to trust God more and, and just allow for Him to disciple us and disciple our kids as we're growing together. So we really, really thank you so much it's for been a coming pleasure. on today and <laughs> helping us kind of disrupt. I think anger is a one thing right now that's rising up in a lot of people and the lack of control. And so thank you for giving us tools and practical steps to kind of process through that and not end the day in a big pile of guilt and shame on our pillow. So exactly. Thank you, Lynn. You're welcome. Can I just pray a blessing over moms? Yeah, I would love it. Father, we want to ask you to fill these moms with your grace and truth, your purposes, the knowledge that they are a daughter of the king with tools to combat the lies of their enemy and to protect the children under their care from those lies as well. So we ask that you would ignite just a Holy Spirit movement in their hearts to hang on to that truth in a fierce and determined way and that their kids would see that and learn and trust you in a deeper way. We thank you for Heather and her ministry and her book and just pray your mighty blessing on that. And we just are so thankful for your presence with us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Okay. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. That was a fantastic interview. We want to hear from you. What did you find helpful from today's episode? Let us know by sharing a comment. And I just wanted to take a minute and invite you to the new social media app called Clubhouse. We started a Connected Families Club and are having fantastic live conversations with people like you. There is a great lineup of topics and guests for May. Find more information about how to join us on Clubhouse in our show notes. Also in our show notes is information about the Grace and Truth for Parenting online course or go to our website, connectedfamilies.org. See you next time. Hey.